what worked yeah. five, 10 years ago. Yeah, I graduated five years ago and apparently rice is out the door. And I'm like, what What? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know? And I'm like- When did this happen? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, if we don't rice, what are we doing? <laughs> like, yeah. So I think it's important to stay on top of it because it makes us better clinicians, but, but better people. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I agree with you people. I've, I've come across a lot of followers and therapists when Medicare cup cuts happen or are announced, they're very nervous about the position of mm-hmm. their job. And, and they always ask me, Marjorie, are you nervous? Like, I'm not nervous because one, there is no way the PT field's gonna thrive without us because PTs are up to here with evaluations. <laughs> They're not oh, yeah. gonna have time to see follow-up visits. The PT field needs us, but you have to advocate for yourself and your field if you don't feel like you're valuable, a PT and a company, an insurance company and a patient won't see you valuable either. And that's why they're doing these cuts. We're not speaking up that we not only have a degree, we also have a license to practice and be the right hand man or woman by a PT. And I think mm-hmm. this is where we need to start making some noise. You know. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. Uh, today's guest is Margie Wynn. Uh, Margie is a physical therapist assistant from Virginia. She is a home health PTA, but she is also a content creator and the owner of not just a PTA Instagram account, um, as well as Therapy Talk Thursday podcast. Um, Margie and I, we, we talk about all kinds of fun and interesting interesting things today. Um, Margie and I kind of dive deep into some of the, the gaps that she noticed in the field, um, which kind of therefore inspired her to create the content that she does. Uh, Margie also is a huge advocate for PTAs, for physical therapy, and for pay transparency. We talk a lot about that. Um, So much stuff that you can learn. She is definitely here for you as a PTA. She's here for students, um, PTs and PTAs alike. Um, You should definitely check her out on Instagram, not just a PTA. Check out her podcast, Therapy Talk Thursday. We will make sure that all of that is linked in the show notes as well. Um, But welcome to today's show with Margie. Here we go. Hello, welcome Margie. Hi, Katie. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Awesome. I'm good. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for agreeing to join um, and talk to us. You and I have been trying to get something together for quite some time. I was really, really hopeful that we would have gotten a, a chance to meet up when I was in DC for House of Delegates, but as most times I go to any APTA event, I always assume I have more time on my hands than what I actually do. I, I didn't have that much time on my hands. It's okay, no worries at all. <laughs> and we are both very busy people. You're a very busy person too. Um, so I'm really excited that you took some time out to talk to us today. I'm um, super excited to hear about all of the things that you have going on. So if you don't mind, will you go ahead and give a brief introduction to our audience of who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, Thanks again for having me on. I've been uh, watching your platform grow and I'm very excited for this this interview today. Um, My name is Margie Wynn. I am from Virginia, born and raised right outside of Washington, D.C. I'm a physical therapist assistant. I mainly work in the home health setting now. Been a PTA for five years and been in home health for about four out of those five years. I had some previous outpatient um, setting experience, and I uh, 
uh, I guess, own or the creator of Not Just a PTA on social media and mainly on Instagram, but I have um, uh, Twitter. I'm not very active on <laughs> TikTok, still learning and Facebook. It just links with Instagram, but mainly you'll find me mostly on Instagram where I post a lot about a day in my life, um, advocating for PTAs, um, answering questions, whether it's from students mm -hmm. or new grads or anyone interested in home health. Um, I don't know about you, but when I was a student, home health was not a rotation that was offered um, mm -hmm. for my clinical rotation. So I think it is like kind of like that mystery, uh, like what is home health? And there's a lot of questions and and myths that are mainly based on fear when I talk to a lot of clinicians mm -hmm. that want to transition to home health. So I help them navigate those questions and decide if that's a setting that they want to go into. Um, a, bit a big advocate for salary transparency. And I think home health helps me do that because it's one of the higher paying settings. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, you are 100% correct. I have worked in PTA education for quite some time, um, specifically in clinical education. And you're right, um, home health contracts are really hard to come by for students. It's kind of um, it's kind of a gray area, like what that looks like, and each company's a little different. Like there's not those same, like I, I want to say hard and fast rules as in your brick and mortar, mm -hmm. um, you know, places to go to. So I agree with you. I think that it's it's a huge gap that our students don't necessarily um, always get the the opportunity or the chance to see, and that's sad to me because in a couple of years, a lot of students are going to be heading into that type of a setting or looking into that type of setting. So I think what you're offering is something that we really, 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 really needed. So I'm excited about it. Um, so good job. Well Thank done. You. You're, you're doing awesome. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the whole reason why I started this podcast was because I wanted to highlight all of the things that PTAs do aside from being just a PTA, right? So um, this ties perfectly into the title of your um, Instagram content um, being more than just a PTA. So if I were to ask you the question, what makes you a PTA plus? What kind of things would you use to fill in that blank? How would you finish that sentence? I would say I'm a PTA plus um, big advocate for the field, um, specifically for PTAs and student PTAs. I'm uh, I don't want to say a content creator because I feel like there's like this weird uh, notion behind being like you know like uh, I don't know social media famous or anything like that. Um, I am a mentor or a resource for PTAs that couldn't find other resources, uh, specifically online slash social media. When I was a student, I didn't find a lot of PTA resources online. It was mainly catered to like mm -hmm. DPTs, which is fine, mm -hmm. but like it's a little different as a PTA. So I wanted to like have a platform for that. Um, I am... Uh, also a podcast producer. My podcast is Therapy Talk Thursday, and I bring on um, a variety of clinicians, but mainly PTAs to come on and tell their story. I truly believe everyone has a story to share. Mm -hmm. um, just because, you know, you're a PTA doesn't mean that we have the same background or the mm -hmm. same work experience or education experience. And I think it's important because um, even if one person relates to you, I think 
that's the connection that we need. So we're not so alone in the field, um, especially when times are tough, like, you know, with Medicare cuts or mm -hmm. um, feeling lost as a new grad or going into a clinical rotation you're really not comfortable with. I think hearing other people's stories, um, sharing their experiences helps make that connection and helps make us grow as a field and just have colleagues and networking experience that, Hey, yeah, I remember Katie or like, you know, I remember Margie talk about this and I think it helps us, you know, in a way change the field instead of making it so black and white, we have a little bit more of a connection. Agree. Agree. And I think, um, especially that year after we graduate, you know, I learned so much in that year after graduation. And sometimes when I say that to students, they're like, wait a minute, you mean to tell me I've been through a two-year program and did all of this and I still have more to learn? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you do. Yep. But that first year, like everything starts to mesh. And I think that that's what's so amazing about what you're doing is you're giving that, that real life um, scenario for the students. You're showing them that, that I think what you said was the good, bad, and the ugly, right? Yes. Like you're showing them all of those things that are kind of scary that maybe they haven't like had the chance to touch or feel yet in the field. And you're offering that through your platform. And that's important. Yeah, I, I love, I'm very like, I'm not a big like uh, edit or A and B person when it comes to technology. So like what you get, like if, if I record myself, that's what I'm posting. All the ums, all the buts, <laughs> all the brain freezing. Um, I think it's important for people to see your authentic self. Everything's not a filter. Everything's not always edited. We make mistakes. Um, and I think it's also important for us to share the, the bad and the ugly side of our field because social media has a very weird, um, I guess, representation of everything's just perfect and it's unicorns and rainbows and, it, and it's not. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. I think before people get into physical therapy and then with my um, specialty is home health, you really want to know the ins and outs of it, the pros and cons and decide for yourself if this is something you want to do. Um, I get a lot of questions from students in the program, especially during when COVID was at its peak, mm -hmm. if it was even worth for them to finish or continue applying wow. for PTA programs because they heard about the Medicare cuts and they heard that there were a lot of layoffs and, and furloughs that started with PTAs when it came to the mm -hmm. PT field during the pandemic. And I think it's important to always um, give an unbiased opinion, but give all the pros and cons, give all the points and let the person, everyone's different. What works for me may not work for you and vice versa. You know, um, I think you mentioned to me, you, you have a family and kids. I, I don't have anything to tie me down. So for example, travel would have been very realistic for me because I can just get up and go, which was an option mm -hmm. I was looking at. But for somebody that's very established, have, you know, a kid or two or three, that's not very realistic. Mm -hmm. um, so I try to bring on people to share their story to be like, hey, this is the pro, this is the con, and you decide. And, and I love I love getting messages from followers, you know, trying to ask me questions. I think they want me to tell them like, should I do this? <laughs> should I do this? I'm like, no, I need, to, I need you to tell me like, what do you want from yeah. this? Why do you want to do this? And I help them kind of walk them through that. So I think it's just very important for us to show all sides of it and and start seeing some changes in our field. And maybe that will lead up to like the legislation changes. I, I love it. Um, 
I love your raw honesty. And I think that that is something that um, it's important. I think it is missing. I mean, do you feel like that was some inspiration for you to kind of start the platforms that you have? Was it because you saw these gaps or missing information? Like, how, how did that kind of like spark for you? I felt like when you first, let's say you first log on Instagram and you type in physical therapy because you're interested in the program or you're or you're a PT and you're trying to find other people to connect with. It's very exercise based. A lot of PT pages show exercise and then a good chunk of them show education. And I feel like for me, I thought I had to be very proper and I had to have my hair and makeup done and I had to sound a certain way. And I found that when I uh, didn't code switch, when I didn't try to make an impression, people interacted with me more. There were more comments. There were more DMs versus when I'm like, you know, like my Good Morning America face. Uh, people were like, you know, they liked it, but they really liked me. You know, like you will hear me cuss mm -hmm. on my social media. You will <laughs> have a, a mental breakdown because my schedule fell apart. And I think uh -huh. these are realistic or I show, you know, when you have a medical emergency, when you have to call 911, that, that's very intimidating and overwhelming. Okay. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. share with them why um, it's not it's not PT. The physical therapy does not change in any setting. A knee is going to bend and straighten no matter if you're an outpatient, sniff or home health. It's the other stuff that goes around it. And you have to decide if you're the type of person that can deal with this stuff mm, or mm -hmm. you need somebody that, and that's fine. You need to find somebody that you need to have teammates or colleagues right next to you so you can bounce ideas off. So I think it is, I think people like me being honest because mm -hmm. then they can <clears throat> decide for themselves if this is right for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I really appreciate the the information about being unedited. Um, I think when I, I first started this, and of course I'm still like really, really new <laughs> to this. I, I I think we're, this is like maybe the seventh or eighth recording that I've done. So like, I mean, I'm still very, very fresh to this. Um, but I think there's only been two episodes that anything was actually removed from. And it was because there was like an actual, like, like my internet shut down and we had to cut out like 15 seconds or something. And then yeah. One time a guest um, started coughing. And so we cut out that little piece of it. Mm -hmm. But like, truly, like, this is me. Like, you're mm -hmm. getting the real me, yeah. you know? Um, this is, I hope, what you would see if you and I were sitting down and talking to each other um, mm -hmm. over a cup of coffee. Um, I try to make it also um, as real as it can be. But I know I had a lot of fear and anxiety about that at first, too. Like, um, you know, how, how, how much do you share and, mm -hmm. and what do people really care about? And, um, but there's a point where I'm like, well, you know what, I'm going to start it. It's going to be maybe ugly at first. Um, there's going to be some hiccups. My internet kind of stinks. I live in the middle of nowhere. Um, so, you know, this is just kind of like the real me. So yeah. take it or leave it. Yeah. But I agree with you. I think that people enjoy the raw honesty. They enjoy the unedited version of us. And it is, it is what it is. We yeah, are who we are. Yeah, I think we just live in a world where there's, there's just a lot of Kardashians, right? Like you turn on the TV, you turn on your social media, everything is filtered and edited. And you have to look a certain way and sound and talk a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I think that as long as you get the information or the message out there, I don't think people care. 
what you really mm-hmm. look like. And I don't think they care about the delivery. They just want the straight facts and tell it them mm-hmm. to them directly. Cause a lot of times we don't get that in the real world. Everything is like sugar coated or beat around the bush. And I think, I think you're doing great. <laughs> and oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy. Yeah. And I think it's also like people like watching somebody grow. Like, you know, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. they can always, I love it when, uh, for example, Drake is a very big artist now. I think he's like best na- named best rapper in the world or something like that. But I remember Drake when he had his mixtape and I think people really like, like I knew Margie when she had like 10 followers. Like I knew Katie, <laughs> I saw her on her first episode. And I remember who that guest was. Like, I think people really like that to see the growth in it okay. and that they can uh-huh. stay they were there with you from the beginning or they followed you from the beginning. I think people really, really like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that I've tried to be pretty um, transparent with, um, you know what people I'm kind of learning here. So just hang on. We'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it shows that we're not perfect. I'm only five years into my career and I still don't know everything and that's okay. And I think I try to, really emphasize on that like you won't know everything whether it's Mm -hmm. in pt social media being a Mm -hmm. content creator like everything every day there's like something new just like medicine just like technology and you just you just grow and pivot with it um but i think when people especially students and new grads see that we also struggle they Mm -hmm. they feel a little less pressured and the imposter syndrome drops a little bit and i think that is very important for us to address because our, our field's very competitive to begin with. The programs are very rigorous. Um, you know, there's only X amount of seats every year, every semester. So it's one, very hard to get in. It's a very, very intense program. It's very expensive. And I feel like they don't know how to like, now. you can breathe now after graduation mm-hmm. just a little bit. They have to like always be on top of their game. And there are some days I am, and there are some days I'm not. There are some days I am still Googling what these medications are or, you know, what cranial nerve seven is because mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not in neuro. I don't know. And I don't remember. And I will, I remember to always share that because you're not going to always remember and you're not always oh, no. going to know. And that is nope. okay. Nope. You got to know your resources. Um, that's one thing that I'm constantly saying um, to students is know your resources, know where you can find stuff. You're not going to have all the answers. Um, be comfortable with asking questions to other people. Um, surround yourself with people who have knowledge and, um, you know, that's going to help you become a better person. And I think that um, when I when I look at your your title, not just a PTA. So, no, we're not just PTAs. But I think that if you become stagnant, you can become just a PTA. Mm-hmm. And that's when you stop learning, when yes. you refuse to learn more information, when you refuse to change and seek new knowledge, you might be just a PTA or just a physical therapist or just a nurse or whatever, you name mm-hmm. it. Um, but that's when you stop seeking new knowledge. Yes. That's when that happens. And that's what you're demonstrating is this continuous flow of, well, this happened to me today. This was new. Um, and that's what people are seeing from you. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. With We are lifelong learners. And that doesn't matter what field you're in. You don't have to be in PT. You don't have to be in the medical field to be lifelong learners. Like that's, that's exercise for your brain. You're always supposed to learn something new, a new task, a new way to do something, a new hobby, trying something new, get out there and, you know, 
just just trying something new and exploring something new i think it, it shows growth and it shows that we're we're evolving we're not supposed to remain stagnant mm-hmm. um that's why i think like um I, I think this is varies by state, but like for Virginia, we're required to renew our license every two years. Those come with continuing education requirements for a reason. Mm-hmm. What worked yeah. five, 10 years ago. Yeah, I graduated five years ago and apparently rice is out the door. And I'm like, what What? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, when did this happen? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, if we don't rice, what are we doing? <laughs> like, yeah. So I think it's important to stay on top of it because it makes us better clinicians, but, but better people. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I agree with you, people. I've I've come across a lot of followers and therapists when Medicare cup cuts happen or are announced. They are very nervous about the position of mm-hmm. their job, and and they always ask me, Marjorie, are you nervous? Like I'm not nervous because one, there is no way the PT field's going to thrive without us because PTs are up to here with evaluations. <laughs> They're not oh, going to yeah. have time mm-hmm. to see follow up visits. The PT field needs us but you have to advocate for yourself and your field. If you don't feel like you're valuable, a PT and a company and insurance company and a patient won't see you valuable either. And that's why Mm -hmm. they're doing these cuts. We're not speaking up that we not only have a degree, we also have a license to practice and be the right hand man or woman by a PT. And I think Mm -hmm. this is where we need to start making some noise. You know, I think it's very similar to (laughs) physician assistants who are now, I think they changed the name to physician associates because they are the right-hand man or woman of a surgeon, a doctor of that nature. We can do the same, but we gotta we gotta work together. You can't just be like, okay, here comes some cuts and just and just take it and deal mm-hmm. with it. You know? Yep. Because then, yeah, you will be obsolete because somebody else is gonna step in that's willing to do the work, mm-hmm. you know, that's willing to go the extra mile you make yourself irreplaceable by picking up these skills, by doing continuing education, picking up a language. I encourage people like you should always try to better yourself, not just as a person, but also as a clinician so that you're not worried about the next Medicare announcement mm-hmm. or, or any other insurance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that I can add to that. That was, that's awesome. <laughs> Advocate for yourself. Show up. I mean, um, yeah, there, there's some of us making noise, but um, it's not enough. Everybody has to, to speak in a unified voice in order yeah. for us to be sustainable in the future. But I agree with you. I, I don't think we're going anywhere either. Um, but again, we got to show up. We got to be noisy. We got to let them know we're still here. We're still valuable. And this mm-hmm. is why and demonstrate it. Yes. And I like what you said about talking about mistakes, because um, I tend to tell students about the mistakes that I made and sometimes they're goofy and silly but I think it it helps them understand that we're all human and we all, all make mistakes human. we all make mistakes every day whether yeah. in the field or out the field and some hopefully are not any uh involve any type of safety issues and then we can mm-hmm. laugh it off but you know if it is something that's a little bit more serious we take it as a learning lesson and I bet you you'll never make that mistake again because mm-hmm. you learned your lesson and, oh, yeah. and I think that's important. Um, I think they said, what is it? Experience and mistakes are the best, the best teachers. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So I, I have some funny stories. Maybe that, that can be another episode is, you know, about funny stories about things that we've said or done or. I would from. Love that. 
things not to say. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just follow my page. That's me every day. (laughs) (laughs) Things not to say. Things things you don't want to do. But Mm -hmm. so um, you definitely have your main focus on home health and you do some outpatient as well. Is that correct? Yes, I have a one of my agencies that I contract for is outpatient. Um, they have a, a clinic, but they also do in-home um, physical therapy, which is confusing because to the you know average Joe, in-home physical therapy and home health physical therapy sound synonymous. So, <laughs> like, they sound like, but it's just a way of billing. So, correct. The it is the same. I am in the home of the patient doing physical therapy it's how it's being billed um but um i i enjoy home health a little bit more because of the autonomy and the flexibility i have but i do miss outpatient so i i get mm-hmm. to enjoy a little bit of both worlds in this situation that's really cool so what what kind of responses and reactions do you get from patients or coworkers when you're like so i have this side gig and I'd like to to take a video or whatever, like, like, what kind of reactions do you get? Like, are people like, yeah, yeah that's cool. Or like, what are you talking about? Or- yes. So uh, it comes in two ways. So one, um, always ask the, the patient or whoever you're trying to film, like you're trying to do something for educational purposes. They, you know, nobody likes to be taken advantage of or exploited. Mm-hmm. So please be, you know, really respectful of that. Even if you're not showing their face, you know, you are in mm-hmm. their home. Just think about how you would want to be treated in your home. Um, so I usually um, ask first. If I don't ask first, I want them to see something. So usually it's um something has to do with gait or I want to show them that one side of their body is doing something and not the other. And patients may not be able to notice that until they mm-hmm. see it. So it's very happy. I pull up my iPad and record. I'm like, look, this is what you're supposed to do. Look how far you're leaning to side bending. Look how far mm-hmm. your foot uh, uh, is stepping in ahead of your cane or something like that. Or show them some of them, like especially my post-operative patients, want to see the back of their legs and how bruised they are, but they, they can't yeah. turn. So that yeah. is also another thing. And, and always ask before you pose. Um, and um I'm an independent contractor, so I contract with a bunch of companies. None of my agencies have really said anything. They, uh, My page is public, so they can mm-hmm. follow or they can not. But um, they know what I do on social media. But I think they also know that I always ask patients. Like, they, they oh, yeah. hold mm-hmm. a higher standard. So they're like, you know, she wouldn't do anything dumb. Or um, I don't ever post my agency's name or brand or mm-hmm tag them um Mm -hmm. in case something does happen i don't want their names tied and they don't want their names tied to this because it has nothing to do with them um Mm -hmm. so most of my posts if it's uh with patients involved is an educational thing um Mm -hmm. people really really like the day in my life series like they like the type of patients i work with um what kind of exercises I do because mm-hmm. I am limited. I don't get the the joy of having a clinic with all the equipment and machines. Mm-hmm. So they, they want, they're curious. And I think um, yeah. I like to make them and people really enjoy them because it gives you a little insight on like what I do, um, what my life looks like each day. And I think people really, really enjoy um, my time flexibilities, especially parents. 
Mm-hmm. They really, really like like that I make my own schedule. So um, let's say kids, you know, get on the bus by seven, eight. You can do that in home health and start your first patient at nine. They get off mm-hmm. school at two or three. You can go pick them up and mm-hmm. end your day or go back to work and see another patient and then head home for dinner. Um, and I, I don't have children, but I, I strongly urge people to look into home health if they are in the PT field. Mm-hmm. This might be your thing if you want to be an active patient, be involved, and it doesn't have any conflicts. And just showing that side of home Mm -hmm. health, I think people really like it. Yeah. Do you see that home health is just going to continue to grow? Because it seems to me that it has really grown significantly over the last five years. I mean, do you kind of see that projection continue or? Um. From my personal experience, I was a full-time outpatient clinician when the pandemic started. Like March 2020, I got furloughed. However, I was a PRN home health clinician, and they were still going. We But we were masked up, suited up. I looked like mm-hmm. a hazmat person coming into someone's home. But we were I'm still sure you did. Yeah. The, the scale, like the um, census was low because elective surgeries were limited. Mm-hmm. Um at the hospital, but we were still seeing patients because most of our patients in home health are homebound. So they couldn't go out anyways, pandemic or not. So I I do feel like home health stayed steady in the pandemic. And that's why they're booming now versus SNFs had to close, outpatient had to close during the pandemic. And now they're slowly kind of building back up. Another thing is I think home health where, um, I say if people are moving, PTs and PTAs will have a job, will always have a job because of Mm -hmm. it. Unfortunately, the inevitable is people are going to get injured and Mm -hmm. we are needed for that. Um, I think home home health is considered subacute. So as soon as you have surgery or um, uh, any type of hospitalization, if you're not in going into rehab, you're going home and you're going to have home health. So I think it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, and that's why like it's so busy and like they're always hiring. I think it's a really good thing. Even if you do PRN, you'll stay busy if you just need a little bit of extra money on the side or on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Home health is open 24-7, Sunday through Saturday. Uh, <laughs> I only work weekdays, but but there are, are people that only work weekends because they may mm-hmm be involved in their kids' lives during the weekdays or they have a full-time job during the weekdays. Um, So I think it's just, it goes hand in hand of how the hospital works and and the doctors there. If they're busy, we're busy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And something that you mentioned earlier is how passionate you were about pay transparency. Um, And I know that you've touched on some subjects that I think that a lot of people are very hesitant to touch on as far as like the transparency and how to negotiate. Um, What kind of sparked that interest for you? What what made this a passion for you? I think I was just so upset when PTA shared their salary with me, especially an outpatient. I had someone I, I still remember in Pennsylvania and he was making like in the teens per hour. Right. I know. The same expression Mm -hmm. I had. And I'm like, and he, I felt like, um, I don't know if he was suppressing how he felt because I don't want to speak on anyone's behalf and feelings. And, but it felt like he was like, it's fine. Like it's low cost of living here. Like I don't need a lot. And I'm just like, okay. 
And then I think things changed when he got married and had a kid. And I'm like, this is not a livable wage. And I'm like, yeah, it's not. <laughs> um, wow. yeah. And then I pose the question often and that, that those posts get a lot of traction. People mm-hmm. are here sharing their salaries or um, sharing what their first job was and how much they made and what setting. Because I think this opens up the tool. A lot of times I get messages like, hey, Margie, I'm a new grad or I'm switching settings and I don't know how much um, SNFs pay in Iowa. I don't either. I'm not the BLS, the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, but I do mm-hmm. give resources. I suggest you check Indeed, LinkedIn, and the BLS.gov site Mm -hmm. because they have data. Um, But I think the best data you can get are your colleagues and your coworkers and your Mm -hmm. former classmates because this is up-to-date information. It's Mm -hmm. relevant. And I don't know where the stigma from not being hush-hush and not speaking about transparency came from. But I think, mm-hmm. and, and I think now we live in a generation where it's a little bit more open to talk about it yeah. because you mm-hmm. need to know your worth. There's a reason why mm-hmm. white men get paid the most. There's a reason why Hispanic women get paid least. It mm-hmm. creates competition and it's not fair if you and I have the same degree and license and have the same years of experience and let's say the same con ed spe- specialties and, and certifications, why are you getting paid more mm-hmm. because you're a man or because you're white? So I feel like I often stir the pot on social media <laughs> um, because I do pose those questions. It is uncomfortable, but yeah. you know what's more uncomfortable? When you can't pay for your bills, when you can't mm-hmm. feed your kids and student loans are coming back in less than two weeks, <laughs> the payments mm-hmm. are starting. Yeah. I think yeah. that's and that's what you should be uncomfortable about. Um, mm-hmm. And I urge people to um, get paid what they're worth. And you know, as a new grad, you're like, I don't, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what Margie's saying. <laughs> but I'm just like, I think when it comes to salary, yes, it's scary. Um, but I feel like I don't know why the PT field people are so. I feel like we just settle. Maybe it's because we do reimbursements from the insurance company. But like when I had to ex- to uh, exchange or buy all four new tires, the price was the price. You know, I had a, a Costco coupon and that was it. But I couldn't negotiate. I paid the mm-hmm. price. And I feel like in PT, we don't do that. We're just mm-hmm. like, okay, whatever, whatever Kaiser gives me, whatever Anthem reimburses yeah. us, and whatever Medicare gives us, it's just we just settle. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of, I know cash base is really a hot topic in PT right now. Um, it doesn't work for everybody, uh, um, patients and clinicians. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important that we need to be paid our worth. There's no way you as a practicing clinician with a license and a degree should be paid less than somebody that doesn't have a license. I mean, that doesn't even have a degree. Like I get sad when I hear that retailers, you know, sales associates at the mall make more than you. And there's, they didn't have to have a degree for that. They, you know, like what was your Mm -hmm. your first job or your high school job? You didn't need a degree for that. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like there's just some weird gray area that we're not talking about. And I don't know why, because it's not going to change if you don't talk about it. So I urge people, 
I post often about it. People really like my end of the month story posts because they are excited to see like how much potential they could make as a home health mm-hmm. DJ. Because I share how much I make down to the down to the penny. Mm-hmm. I think you may estimate what I'm going to make by the end of the year before I know, because that's how transparent I am. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just important to me. And I think it's important for, for women and people of color to, to, we need to be paid equally. Absolutely. I think, um, I don't think you're stirring the pot. I think you're sparking the question. Uh, and, and I agree with you. I don't know where the whole pay thing came from. I mean, I remember growing up that, it, that you didn't talk about that. And like yeah. your parents didn't talk about that kind of stuff. Like it was like hush hush and, and whatnot. But um, I agree. And and sometimes it is so hush hush that I don't always know what to like advise new fresh PTAs, like what what's normal in this area. Well, I, I'm not always sure. And like you said, especially when you go out of state, I'm like, I have no idea what happens outside of the state of Ohio as far as pay goes. Um, and it does, you know, of course, change and, and fluctuate a little bit. I think um, APTA just rolled out some some data about pay as well. Um, so that's always a great place for people to go to um, also for some some information about pay. But yeah, it's, it's a conversation that we need to have. And um, I think it's one that you're, it's okay for you to spark that conversation because it's not always happening. Mm-hmm. And um, we do need to have these important conversations about what's happening with pay and transparency and, and equal pay. Yeah. And I, I know I, that. Um, oh, go ahead. Continue. Oh, no, no, no. I was just saying thank you. And I agree. I think it, it's hard. Um, it is a hard thing to talk about, just like religion or, or weight. I, I would mm-hmm. encourage people if they're going to ask somebody in the field their salary, like definitely have an elevator pitch. Be like, hey, I'm looking to transition into this field or this setting that you're working in. And I was wondering if you would be open to talking about salary. I don't really know mm-hmm. what the ballpark is or can you give me a range? I think if you ask for a range people are more willing to talk to you versus like, mm-hmm. what do you make right now? Right now, Katie, yeah. what is the, the dollar yeah. amount? I think that's like, it, it does, it's not like you feel attacked, but like they, they get a little caught off guard. Yeah. Um, I think you just have to be strategic with your language um, mm-hmm. and, and research. A lot of places now are posting their salary. Um, I am like, when I look on job boards, I really, really like Indeed. Um, mm-hmm. I think, state of New York made a requirement for them to post all jobs need to have a salary next to it. And that's fair. You can't advertise you have competitive salary if you don't post it. <laughs> you know? I, yeah. What does that yeah, mean? You know? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. So I think these laws and changes are important. I do hope that it spreads across the board for all 50 states um, because then, then we'll really know. Um, I also encourage people to have regular and regular is whatever definition you take of it to have regular conversations, uh, raises or contract renegotiations. I would say anywhere from six months to a year is regular for me. Um, some people it's yearly, some people it's every month, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. the more you ask, the worst you, they can say is no, we can't give you a raise right now. You didn't lose anything. But mm-hmm. if you don't speak up, there's potential that you could have been making more. And that would really suck if this whole time you could have made 20% more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I do. I don't know where the job lies. I don't know if it's in the schools. 
at home. I don't know who's supposed to teach you how to salary negotiate. Mm-hmm. I don't know YouTube, <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, it is something you know. Like I try to make points on. Um, there's a lot of great like HR or semi HR people that I follow on social media, and they, they give good pointers. Um, mm-hmm. I would say my best tip for you when it comes into walking into an interview or or asking for a raise is apply for jobs online that are in your field and in your area just so that you can get some information, data collection, and you have proof. Hey, you know, I would like to ask for a raise because of X, Y, and Z I've done the past year, but also your comp- competing company, company B over here is offering me this much or they're paying PTAs mm. this much. Mm-hmm. Have the proof. Um, and I, and maybe it will make some companies open their eyes and that they're they're definitely underpaying us but they're also overworking us and that that's mm-hmm. a major reason why i left the outpatient field full time hmm. very interesting you're coming though prepared yes and, and i think that that's the underlying message there is um it, it's different if you just come and say hey i i want to raise you're having people prepare themselves to, to demonstrate why they need that raise or why they should or why they deserve it and the things that they've done to, to establish their their value the things that they've done to establish their experience their expertise um, you're bringing something to the table um, with those kind of conversations whenever you are talking to people about how they can negotiate and how they can talk to their employers about that we're not just showing up saying, hey, we need a raise. That would be great, uh, right? That would be I, right? so yeah. easy, a cup of coffee. Hey, can I get a raise? That'd be great. But yeah. here we you go. Conversations. We have to, you know, we got to put mm-hmm. our big girl and big boy pants on. And, and we have to, I always tell people, closed mouths don't get fed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, you know, um, so it, it's your choice. You know, I mm-hmm. can definitely give you some tips. I can show you some resources, but I'm not going to hold your hand during your interview process mm-hmm. or, you know, like you have to speak up on your own. And I think the more assertive you are and the more um, just prepared you are, I think you have a better case. And, and I think oftentimes women, um, sometimes when we're, we're never assertive, we're bossy, or we're demanding. We're Assertive is not a vocab a lot of people use, but I, I do push, I urge people to be bold, be assertive, because that, that's what that's what you're going to get what you want. And if they can't give it to you, you need to then pivot and think, do I want to stay? Or should I go somewhere else where mm-hmm. I get paid more for mm-hmm. my same work? Yeah, self-assess. And maybe maybe that's okay for you to be in the position that you're at, even though it's a little bit less because that's what works for your your yeah. family situation or your home situation or Absolutely. whatever it is. Um, but definitely do those self check-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, maybe six months to a year, you kind of have to stop and reestablish where you are, assess what's going on. Um, I mean, I do that with my car insurance. <laughs> so like, yeah. why wouldn't you do that with your life? You know, right. I, I do check-ins with every other aspect of my life. So mm-hmm. how's the career going? Yep. Is this where I want to be? How does this look in the future? Yeah. Self-assess. Like yeah. I'm learning. And, and, and let's say, let's say they do say no, which there's a 50-50 shot. They're going to say no. Ask them, what would it take or what pointers can you give me 
for when we revisit this conversation that I am guaranteed a raise next time because mm-hmm. I've worked here for X years or mm-hmm. I am certified in X, Y, Z. You know, like mm-hmm. they'll probably have the answers for you. Like, do I have to take up a leadership position or what is it going to take? Mm-hmm. Uh, then you'll have you'll have your answer and you'll work towards that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a goal. Yes. I love it. Great. Um, so five years ago when you graduated, five years, right? Is that what you said? It's been five, five years. years. Since you so <laughs> did you imagine at any point that you were going to have, I think the last I 